that's why I'm running. I'm running as a proud Democrat for the Senate. If you may remember, I got in trouble when we were running against the senator who was a Mormon, the governor, okay? And I took him on. The guy, you know, the guy, the Mormon guy is running. You know, that guy. Um, and then I had a case in front of a Jew. <laughs> and then there's the, uh, the, the Catholic gal who, uh, well, she, uh, she, she worked for me. And I got that, uh, that blonde lady that lives in my house I sleep with at night. Uh, anyway. <laughs> All right, um, Grandpa, let's get you off the stage before you start talking about the black people. Lady, 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 lady. That's old Joe Biden. Both of those were yesterday. He thought he was running for the Senate, or he misspoke. He's he going misspoke. through the motions. Have you read the whole quote? It was really not a big deal. It was a misspeak. It was a big deal, Jack, if you care about senility. Also, I <laughs> uh, couldn't remember Mitt Romney's name, even though he ran against him. I forgot a name yesterday, too, of something I should never forget. Mm. But, Did you run against him for the highest office in the well, second highest in the land? Biden does that more often than I do. Certainly, and most people do because he's almost eighty. Yeah. Bingo. Anyway, Mitt Romney put out a tweet today that's kind of interesting. Maybe we'll get to that later about the uh, the current level of our discourse. Although Mitt Romney really likes being above it all and portraying himself as he's got a bit of James Comey in him, just a little bit of that. He's got a bit of a holier than thou bone, no doubt. <laughs> No doubt. Of course, he probably is holier yeah. than me. He probably so is a better the person who might than I am, complain. So. Exactly. Right. <clears throat> Although some of the things his company did in the 90s are not so great. Uh, honestly, they but. just took a break in the ACB nomination hearings, and we'll bring you some of the uh, punditry on that coming up as they're all jawing about that. Wanted to bring you this story. The good punditry. The so good much punditry. bad punditry these days. What's fire.org, Joe? The fire.org. Foundation for Individual Rights in Education. I love them, love them, love them. Go to fire.org. I got an article out today about a particular professor. They've got this headline, Teaching History Not Permitted. St. John's bulldozes academic freedom, punishes professor. St. John's, why, that's one of America's elite universities. I'll just read the article. Do the positives outweigh the negatives? It's a standard question to ask of history students about a range of topics to encourage critical thinking. But when St. John's University adjunct professor Richard Taylor posed this question to students during a class about the Columbian Exchange, which was the process of globalization that began in the 15th century, he was accused of racism! The one thing you cannot do, removed from his classroom, investigated, and found guilty of, quote, bias, discrimination, and harassment. The big three. Oh, my God. All without seeing the evidence against him and without any opportunity to appeal. There's some good... Oh, um, my God. There's some good, what do you call it, uh, due process. Seriously, we must put the paddles to Orwell, revive him? Well, there's no point. He, he wrote about all this. He already made it clear so what would happen. So FIRE, that's the Foundation for Individual Rights and in Education, wrote to St. John's demanding it immediately rescind its investigation, drop the charges, and cease any further action. Um. History, uh, quoting Fire in their letter, history is a discipline. It is particularly concerned with complicating facile narratives and uncovering uncomfortable truths. Humans and their institutions are twisted and complicated, and academics have a duty to complicate our understanding of both. But at St. John's, it appears some inquiries are forbidden. We'll tell you what exactly happened here. I would have loved this class. I would have loved this discussion. Oh, I know it. On September 7th, Professor Taylor taught the Columbian Exchange to to his emergence of a global society class 
As it has in earlier years, Taylor's... So that's the very, like, name of the course. But go on. Yeah. As it has in earlier years, Taylor's instruction focused on early global trade, including trade in silver and potatoes. Ah, the old potato trade. Mm. Fascinating stuff on a hot afternoon in your classroom. I have money, you have potatoes, let's trade. (laughs) I'll give you a potato for some of that silver. Seems like a great deal. (laughs) Oh, yeah, clearly. (laughs) As part of the class, he also covered the more pernicious aspects of early trade, such as slavery, the abuse of indigenous populations, and the spreading of disease. On his final slide was a discussion prompt. Do the positives outweigh the negatives? A lively discussion ensued. That would be the idea of, um, you know, uh, all these economies got richer. These places around the world got, you know, better, better health outcomes. Sure. You know, better living standards, all these different things. Better nutrition, shelter, health care, etc. It spread around disease and slavery. Right. Let's discuss. Do the positives outweigh the negatives? What a great conversation. That's to have. why you're at a university. One student said slavery could never be justified. According to Taylor, he clarified that no one is justifying slavery and asked students to consider global trade as a whole, including lives lost to disease and lives saved from famine. Three days later, the Instagram account, SR Judicals, posted slides stating that Taylor forced students to formulate a pros and cons list concerning the topic of slavery and alleged he poses a dangerous threat to the education of our student body. The final item urged readers to direct a form letter to the university in order to, quote, bring meaningful justice to this heinous crime committed by Professor Taylor. Wow, we are in the era of witch hunts. This is the cultural revolution at its beginnings in China. Yes, it is. In the 60s. Oh, my God. It it isn't even trying, like, to cover its tracks. The Post also mentions Taylor's service in the Marine Corps and the New York Police Department, which, of course, are bad things in the modern world. The fact that he was a Marine and was a policeman, not a good thing. It makes me feel unsafe. Makes him obviously a bad person. Yes. Later that day, History Department Chair, unpronounceable, informed Taylor by phone that he was removed from teaching. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's how yeah, fast it, it, it happened in a couple of days. Yeah, we're absolutely past Amusementville. And fast on the highway to you ought to be really concerned city. Oh, heck yeah. That happened in a couple of days. That yeah. really... Thought-provoking, completely justifiable conversation in a class to him being pulled out of the classroom happened in a couple of days. You know, if it hasn't clicked in your head, the reason you indulge in that sort of analysis is you try to figure out, all right, why did the civilization make those choices? Why did they do what they did? Why didn't they do this? That's what studying history is. And uh, this gent, by the way, if you're not as up on this sort of stuff as we are, he is example 375 of this sort of witch hunt just in the last year or so. On September 15th, Professor Taylor met with the Director of Equal Opportunity and Compliance, who informed Taylor there were over three... Wow, what an Orwellian title that is. Yeah. Sorry, go on. There were over 300 complaints of misconduct against him. Taylor found this surprising as there were only 30 students in his class where the alleged misconduct occurred. No kidding. He was informed that St. John's intended to treat each of the identical... Um, S.J. Radical's form letters as a standalone complaint and that St. John's could find him in violation of campus policy without identifying which portion of the policy he violated or what specific conduct violated the policy. He's a counter-revolutionary. If Chairman Mao says you're a counter-revolutionary, you don't get to ask in what way, what statute, what rule did I break? Are you kidding? No, the crowd drags you out in the street and they beat you. A couple of weeks later, he was uh, informed 
that he had violated the university's policy against bias, discrimination, and harassment by teaching his class and noted, quote, the investigation's findings is final and non-appealable. Wow. They did not identify, never did at what point, at which part of the policy he had violated or what specifically he had done to violate the policy. Uh, they didn't feel like they had to tell him that. And uh, he's out. He angered the little snowflakes. Boy, that is something that makes you want to take up arms. Tell you what, it's I'm not saying you ought to shoot man. anybody, obviously, but it's freaking frightening. Yes, and so, it is. And if that guy can actually lose his job over that, then as a professor, if you're going to try to keep your job, you don't want to tiptoe very close to that line of that sort of conversation. So I guess oh, we no. just won't ever have any discussions like that. No, you do not ask any probing questions. You do not ask any troubling you know, uh, questions or teach anything about, you don't like this, but this is why it happened. You don't explain, you know, the Southern economy, why they were concerned about the end of slavery. You just don't even, because it sounds like a defense. This is terrifying on an intellectual level. Oh, I would say so. It's, it, it's, I can't even wrap my head around it. I know. It's amazing it's happening. The, the thing that Tim Sandifer was uh, tweeting, I retweeted it about English departments across the country. Oh, yeah. That I talked about a couple of weeks ago. That English departments now, almost universally, and at all your major universities, what you do in an English department as you look at a piece of literature and then talk about what's wrong with it, why it's bad, that's the whole thing now. Right. If you get into English lit, it's not about... Really, just oh my god, how mind blowing is all this stuff? No, it's about tearing it apart. Mm-hmm. That's apparently why you're in getting an English major, right? The greatest works of literature in the English language are now objects of ridicule, ridicule, and and they're there to be called racist and and awful. Let's talk about how poorly they treated women in Shakespearean England. Mm. You know that sort of thing, right? Right. It's it's wild. And it happens so fast. Yeah. And as I keep saying, if it can happen this fast, if we can go from where we were five years ago to now, where where might we be five years from now? Maybe like actual China Cultural Revolution, where instead of losing your job, the students actually drag you out of the classroom and beat you in the street, and everybody thinks it's perfectly justified. Uh, I could absolutely see that. You already have irrational students screaming and taking over classrooms and... And making instruction impossible, it's a very, very small leap to a punch to the face and then a bunch of kicks while the guy lays prone on the ground. Why are you beating that guy in the street? He was justifying slavery. No, I wasn't. I was discussing the upsides and downsides to globalization. Whack, whack, whack. Yeah. yeah. that's It's so crazy. Enjoy your beating. Uh, Yeah, uh, that is incredibly troubling. Uh, I wonder... What is going to happen to blunt it, to slow it, to turn it around? Well, I'll tell you this. James Lindsay, who's fighting this as hard as anybody in America. And it may pro- kill him. A professor in Portland. He, I'm afraid he'll die of stress. But anyway. He stays out of politics best he can. But when he was asked about this, he said, I don't see any breaks on any of this at all. But I'm afraid that Biden winning, the Democrats taking control, might be a gas pedal. Especially if they have both houses in the White House. Yeah. Yeah. It's freaking frightening, man. Yeah, it is. And he's not a Trump guy. He hates Trump. Yeah. But um, 
you know, at least Trump did away with critical race training and theory and all that sort of stuff and brought it up. There, there's going to be none of that if the Dems take everything. Yeah. Hey, we have to uh, we have to tweet the link to that story or, or put it up on armstrongandgetty.com. We'll do that in a couple of minutes. Give us a few, but you're going to want to send that around to your friends and let them know how serious this stuff is. This is not paranoia. This is happening on the college campus nearest to you. I guarantee it, unless you live like next to Hillsdale College or something like that. What do some of the thinking people, talking heads, think of today's confirmation process so far? That on the way. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I think she's come off today as an appealing, decent person. Uh, when Lindsey Graham brought out the fact that she had religious beliefs, strong religious beliefs, she said, I absolutely do, but I would never think to impose them on other people. Uh, she, at one point, she was asked about race and racism. She said she thought it was abhorrent when it came to LGBTQ. She said, I would never discriminate against anyone else on the basis of their ra- of their sexual preference. You know, as, as she was describing the law in a lot of cases, I thought I would love to be a student in her law class i think she explains it in a very accessible way yeah i love that she probably got that from scalia because that was one of his great skills it's one of the reasons i gravitated towards scalia more than his like philosophy was he would explain things in ways that a, a normal person like me could understand them yeah um uh, we're talking about the confirmation hearing for amy coney barrett I prefer to call her ACB because that is a mouthful. There's something just about the way the consonants and the M then the N. It's confusing. The consonants and vowels lay out in a way that's just difficult to say. Um, a couple of things about this. One, one of the Republicans, I don't remember which one, uh, made a point of uh, we all up here have a bunch of notes and we're reading quotes and citing cases. Will you show what you've got on your notes? And she holds up her pad that is completely blank. She's doing all of this from memory. It's really remarkable. She's got nothing in front of her, and she's citing all these cases and yeah. decisions and yeah. quotes well, and everything like that's that. That's why she's heading to the Supreme Court. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> pretty clear that all these justices, um, their brains work differently than mine. I've, I've been wishing I was smarter since I was a tiny child, and so far, uh, it, nothing has occurred. If anything, I've gone the other direction. Oh, so. that's a shame. <laughs> But um, uh, Tucker Carlson made a good point last night, I thought. He believes Democrats actually do want to uh, change the number of Supreme Court justices that we have. I don't want to use the P word anymore because I think it confuses people. They want to change it from nine to a bigger number. Yes. And then they get to choose all the people that they put in there. So automatically, you know, you dominate the court. Mm -hmm. Some people call that court packing. Democrats are trying to redefine that as something else. But anyway, um, one way you can get the public to come along with that is to make it seem like the Supreme Court is just another political body. It's all politics. Um, it's as it's as it's as political as as any House of Representatives decision or anything else. Right. The judges make decisions based on their policy preferences. They're not ruling on the law. They're ruling on what outcome they want, which is absolutely patently false. Right. And if you actually are a student of the Supreme Court, 
you know that's true, specifically around Republican choices. There have been so many justices chosen by Republican presidents that turned out to disappoint conservatives. Mm -hmm. That has happened more often than not in my lifetime. Certainly in the last 30 years. That's the most common result Mm -hmm. is it turns out that they vote with the the liberals um, more than they do with the conservatives. So... Or, or the idea certainly, a, that might overstate, but they certainly don't vote for conservative outcomes. No, no. So much as you might hope. And um, so the idea that, you, you know, you can just count how many were appointed by Republicans and how many were appointed by Democrats, and you've got your answer to how every case is going to turn out, is just not the way it works. No, no, indeed. And for them to pretend that, they know it better than I do. They're freaking lawyers. They had to study this stuff in college. Yeah, but you can't get morons to show up at the polls based on that little screed of yours. I lost interest myself halfway through. <laughs> Too many big words. <laughs> what you have to do is terrify people. And what's funny to me is watching how placid this is. I mean, they're, the, the news cameras are shoving up close to the, the faces of the inevitably 20-something white chicks who are screeching outside the Supreme Court about how it's going to overturn Roe versus Wade. You know, Obamacare's gone and people are going to be shot in their hospital beds and hurled out the fifth-story window the moment Amy Coney Barrett gets in the car. But nobody's really listening because it's been packed so closely, the fact that Trump has appointed three justices. This is the third time in a row we've heard that, oh, this person's the reincarnation of Hitler and Genghis Khan. And nobody believes it anymore about this nice Catholic lady. Genghis. So there, yeah, that's the correct pronunciation. Is it really? In, in my part of Eurasia, yes. <laughs> uh, but at any rate, yeah, no, it's hard to take seriously. Now, another five, ten years go by, you get a bunch of young fools who'll believe this sort of claptrap again, but not now. Everybody's bored. Mm. Yeah, they're a monster. Okay. Mm. The Armstrong and Getty Show. interested in a lot of legal stuff i just don't have the um uh, the brain power or the attention span to like super get into the weeds on it mm-hmm. but i like a, a lot of it um so the acb confirmation hearing is going on today and now the they're in a break so the pundits are weighing in and jonathan turley from george washington law school um we're a fan of his act he, he's uh, giving a little commentary here stick with this it might seem a little Weird and arcane, but it's it's worth hanging on for the thread of it, I think. It's kind of interesting talking about some of the questioning Amy Coney Barrett was getting today. She tried to convey repeatedly is dispassionate, and that's what defines a judge. But the most interesting and substantive exchanges came with uh, Senator Dick Durbin on this case called Cantor. And if, if you people would expect that a figure like Ricky Cantor would become the focus of national debate after previously being convicted of selling fraudulent shoe inserts. But uh, Durbin was referring to him as Ricky, like he lived next door, uh, and saying that how could you defend his right to own, to have a gun? And that's where we saw some very substantive responses from uh, the judge. And it was also a curious position for a Democratic senator because it was the Republican nominee who was saying you shouldn't hold the fact that someone's a felon 
uh, categorically against them to strip them of a constitutional right. There should be some pre-deprivation inquiry, some showing of dangerousness. And then Durbin hit back with a very effective uh, question of saying, well, but you're do but you know, felons are barred from voting. Why shouldn't they have that same deference? She was trying to make a, a, a point that probably escaped many, which is those are different parts of the Constitution. Voting is left to the states, and there are differences in the states. The Second Amendment mm. is an individual constitutional right. And that's, that's what, really none of that matters. It's what I want. Yes. If she agrees with what I want, she's good, and if she disagrees, she's bad. So, so, so Democrat Durbin was trying to argue that Ricky, who was selling fraudulent shoe inserts. You shouldn't do that. And it somehow made it all the way to the Supreme Court. What was the case, I wonder? Uh, 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 Shoals versus Ricky. High, high arches versus the state of Alabama. <laughs> well, having been, uh, you know, I use these inserts and my feet still stank. Uh, and so I don't think this guy should ever have a gun again. <laughs> Planner fasciitis versus the people of America. Um, but again, the question is, should he be allowed to uh, own a firearm? And she's saying having of... defrauded people and, and made their bunions. Search. And I didn't hear it, but so Durbin's saying, you're going to let Ricky have a gun in your world? <laughs> yeah. Well, we're it's at least going to ask the question. Right, <laughs> right. Just because he sold fraudulent shoe inserts yeah. doesn't mean he doesn't get to own a gun anymore. Right. To protect or himself, his family, and his property. Or have free speech or any of the other big ones. Right. That's right. hilarious. So you're saying if, if, if I sell you uh gel inserts and at the end of your work day your feet hurt every bit as much as possible i have to allow them to quarter troops in my home <laughs> is that what you're arguing <laughs> or you get to torture me the eighth amendment no longer applies <laughs> we can we can search your house anytime you want we want exactly. we'll just pull you over and search your car because you so um, you sold fraudulent shoe inserts 50 years ago so <laughs> i don't even remember that so is voting not a constitutional right uh, not per se. It's um, it, it's well. Again, the administration of voting and all of it is given to the states. So in the Constitution, it is deferred to the states to handle that. Stuff. Yeah. Wow. We're we're getting really into the Fourteenth Amendment weeds here. Um. But yeah, there there is the argument, and it has carried the day for the past you know quite a few decades that to deny people the vote is to deny their civil rights in general. Um, and so, yeah, there's a constitutional uh, weight behind voting rights. Absolutely there is. But it's not a specific right granted federally by right, the right. Constitution. God, that's fascinating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a lot more. Well, it's a hell of a lot more complicated. Ultimately, it's 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 fairly easily understood, but it's much, much more complicated than cable news would, would communicate. To I've got to look into Can this. I fit it in a tweet? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I've got to look into this shoe insert Supreme Court case because I've bought a bunch of shoe inserts in my life that were terrible. Yeah. Just a waste of money. I've known some good ones, too. Then I stumbled upon some really good ones, but they're pricey. Well, right. That's a, you never regret buying quality when it comes to shoe inserts. What was Ricky doing? Selling the cheap, crappy ones and lying about it? Who knows? I don't want him to have a gun either. Um. <laughs> <laughs> My feet hurt like heck. Any man who'd slip you a cut-rate insert is liable to do anything. That's yeah, I funny. Don't, I don't know. Why do I know that name? Was he like an infomercial guy or something? I don't know. I got to look into that uh, case. What, I wonder what it was. Because it couldn't have just this been... This is funny. Jack probably ends up going to law school and getting a degree. And I'll tell people, yeah, you know, it's funny how it started. <laughs> you know... Uh, watching, uh, listening to those exchanges, for my brain and personality, I'm cl- and I'm not going to do either one of these, but for my brain and personality, I'm clearly more cut out to be a politician than a lawyer. 
But you always say you're not cut out to be a politician. No, I, I couldn't do either one. But mm. the the snarky doesn't quite make sense, but sounds good to the crowd is more my lane. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> than the carefully constructed uh, yeah. legal. No, you're good at constructed arguments. But, but dispassionate, like... you know. Right. Because I get what Durbin was trying to do there. Sure. So Ricky Cantor, was that the guy's name? Yeah. So he was improperly submitting claims for Medicare reimbursement. Oh. So that was the fraud. It wasn't necessarily okay. the the product he was selling was not as advertised. It was it okay. was shady it was books. just well, right. It's like people who who have, you know, ten thousand phantom customers who need wheelchairs that Medicare reimburses them for. I wonder how it got to the Supreme Remember Court. Remember old uh, uh Senator Menendez, whose best buddy was the single largest both physically and in terms of the dollar figure, defrauder of Medicare in American history. That's the guy that he was, had a bunch of phantom patients. That's the guy that was flying in nineteen-year-old models from other country and getting Correct. them citizenship or whatever. Right, getting them liquored up and visas and the rest of it. Where was this guy from? This uh, shoe insert dude. Um, say uh, he was the CEO of Doctor Comfort. Really? If that yeah. is your real name. Yeah, and it was two <laughs> former Dr. Comfort employees that found out and eventually sued this guy, which started the whole the whole shebang. I'll be darned. God, there's so much money like that floating around in the world. He'll, that he'll spend here. a year and a day in federal prison. Make sure he gets that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and will pay $27 million civil fine and wow. barred from participating in any federal health care program for 15 years. Right? $27 no million dollar fine? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dr. Comfort, who's actually the brother, the older brother of Dr. Feelgood from the Motley Crue song, and, <laughs> and a cousin of Dr. Love from the Kiss song. Family of doctors, tradition in their family. Powerful family. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. A little, uh, you know, questionable morally speaking, but... Uh, I had another important point to make, but I don't remember. I doubt it. Anyway, uh, I oh, can't... Oh, we're going to have uh, Tim Sandifer, Tim the lawyer, on at some point this week to talk about... Um, because she calls herself a an originalist, Amy Coney Barrett. Yes, uh, in the uh, in the school of Antonin Scalia, who died a couple of years ago, an originalist versus a textualist versus various other things. The people that what do you call the people who believe in the living constitution? They're taxidermists. Wrong is what I call them, but. Uh, <laughs> uh I don't actually know that term. I'm just you know people who believe in the living mm-hmm. constitution, meaning that you can rewrite it anytime you want. It ought to be altered for our times. Off the top of your head, you know the difference between originalist and textualist? Just just the broad I, outlines I, of it. The ideas I understand, but I'm not big on the terminology. I think the textualist is you just look at the words and what they meant. The originalist, mm-hmm. you you go back into the stuff of what they meant at the time, like their other writings and yeah, stuff okay. like that. Yeah, right. To try to figure out what they what they were trying to say. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure about that. We'll ask we'll ask Tim when we have him on. And then there's a sexualist. Arr. You just go with whatever argument is sexiest. <laughs> now I'm interested in law school. <laughs> oh, yeah. Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> the Armstrong and Getty Show. No! Go! No! Go away! Please go away! You're good. What's up, dude? 
Dude, you're scary. No. No. That, my friends. You're not getting me, dude. Is a runner in Utah being menaced for six full minutes by a mountain lion that is stalking him as he is walking slowly backward back up this road he came down. He uh, he was running. He stops. He sees a mountain lion cub, and he moves toward it to get a better video on his phone. Mm. Mistake number one. Yes, and all of a sudden he sees mama charge out. Mama and baby charge toward him. At which point the six-minute ordeal of pants wetting begins. Did he pull out his cell phone, or did he have a GoPro going beforehand? It, it appeared to be a handheld cell phone, cell phone yeah. yeah. Wow, I wouldn't even, it wouldn't even cross my mind, I don't think. Well, and he listen. was trying to get a nice pic of the little cub. Oh, he had his phone out already to yeah, get the to picture. Get, okay. Of the little cub, yeah. Gotcha. Um, and so, uh, and I spent the six minutes yelling at him. Um, now, I have run into a mountain lion. Although, you hate to say, well, I tell you what, somebody pulls a gun on me, yeah, because you're an a-hole. All right. If, if it hasn't happened to you, you don't know what you're going to do. But I kept yelling at him, throw a rock, throw a rock, grab a rock and throw it. And Judy's like, he probably doesn't want to crouch down. I say, it's worth it. Throw a rock. And six minutes later, he crouches down, throws a rock in the mountain line, takes off in the other direction. So uh, permission to nitpick here. Uh, yes. Yes. Feel free. If the cougar was actually stalking that guy, he would have been a puddle at the end of that video. The, the, right. the cougar was not in attack mode. It was in get away from my yeah. kids mode. Yeah. It was and, back, back away from the kids. Yeah, it was very aware. And uh, I, I read a... a a guy, a reporter who spent a lot of time reporting in the in the bushes of Africa and has spent a lot of time around cats, and he was going over some of the, the what he did right, what he did wrong, holding your like the the initial thing you want to do is be big and loud. He but did that. The, he tried the calm conversation. Oh, you, oh, dude, you're okay, man. That's not you're not going to convince the the cougar of that way. And be careful bending down to pick up a rock. Like, break off a tree branch, throw that, look for things that you can grab that are arm level. What if you buy her a Chardonnay and say, I'll be right back, and then you just sneak out to your car? <laughs> Ooh, hello. I get what you did there. Um, Right. Yeah, I get that crouching down can be dangerous, but at some point, well, especially because the thing was in warning mode, but it yes. makes a number of false or warning charges at the guy with paws high, rah, 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 Trying to make itself look yes. big and scary, yes. so it was it was like two tough guys after three drinks in a bar. But since there's a lot of huffing and puffing, nobody was there to kill anybody. Probably he was correct to 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 walk backwards away from yeah, it, maintaining never eye turn your back with and it. run. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You don't think that would have worked since she was just trying to protect her cub if he'd have just taken off? No, 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 no. because they say it flips a switch in the cougar and they go into pursuit mode. Oh, really? Yeah, well, I don't want that. No, no. Yeah, they almost don't. always attack you without you seeing them. So what you I, looking at them discourages the what attack. What if I just look around for somebody slower than me? Get on the other side Push of the Push them down. What, say, what Take purpose him. would that serve <laughs> if you couldn't outrun the mountain lion? The cougar, also known as the mountain lion. Divorcee. The, the, oh, we're back on that. The puma, the panther, the painter, and the catamount. Mm-hmm. The, the, a catamount has become a, a problem. I me. was menaced by a catamount. <laughs> that's that's my favorite name for them, the catamount, after I encountered one. And holy cow, they're scary looking. I mean, there's just something deep in your animal brain when you come upon one. You think, okay, I don't have a, a chance. It would be, uh, I would probably get a scream out. Yes, one scream would be my defense. And then its mighty jaws would be around my neck or wherever else it chose to put them. They just—they're they're so incredibly fast, and their their arms are so long, and they've got what four, or five razors at the end of each one of those arms. 
But the one thing a naturalist once told me is that animals like a, a, a catamount, they know instinctively that if they are injured, they will starve to death. So they look for easy prey. Mm. And that's why if you're big, scary, or chuck rocks at them, um, they're going to say, out oh, of hell with this. And so run off. Can you I, hope. Can I backpedal as fast as I want? Yes, that's what you. That's what you want to do. It's not about the speed. It's about the actual turning. I your think back. I would have put my phone away or dropped my phone. I can't imagine continuing to hold it while I was the, backing up. The reporter was talking about how that is also dangerous because holding it in front of you makes you smaller. Right? You're not big out. You're not expanding your view, and also looking through the How phone. How many Instagram hits am I going to get if I put away my phone? A lot fewer. Stupid. Um, but you will be alive to post more, so I don't know. It may balance out in the long run. Um, and uh, looking at your phone also kind of breaks the eye contact, might trigger the cat into attack mode. So yeah. having your phone out is not recommended. Put that away and find something shorter level to I'm chuck it. I'm just afraid I wouldn't remember all these things if I'm ever... Look it right in the eye. No, no, don't look it in the eye. No, is that sharks or is that catamounts? No, dogs, it's, wait a minute. Dogs, you look them in the eye, they Punch them in you. the eye. <laughs> no, that's sharks. Right. I can't put, he's over run there. Run downhill. No, don't run at all. What if my phone is out and I Google how to not get eaten by a mountain lion? Run in a zigzag motion. No, wait, that's a rhino. <laughs> you really ought to carry some sort of guidebook. That would be such a caveman death. That's what oh. I'd be thinking as it came upon me and I felt its hot breath well, I realized the end was near uh, this is like such a caveman death this will probably make the papers you're thinking uh, yeah well the guy said I don't want to die today I do not want to die today several times mm. yikes Alexa play final thoughts by Armstrong and Getty okay here's some idiotic musings by a pair of halfwits and their merry band of simpletons oh that's not charitable Alexa you gotch Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Okay, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. He's pinch-hitting, they're running the board, doing a fine job. Our executive producer, Mike Hanson. Mike? Yeah, I think I pinched a nerve on my back. Oh, I got the Clayton Kershaw thing. I'm not going to be able to do this tomorrow. Sorry, guys. I just saw that Clayton Kershaw not available for Game 2, and they lost Game 1. Dodgers are in trouble already. Don't! Positive Sean, our producer. Final thought? Hit up one of my favorite Mexican joints for some takeout yesterday. They are opening uh, indoors with reduced capacity. I was kind of talking to the manager, said, how are you guys doing? He said, we're, we're hanging in. We're trying to do okay. Jack, a final thought to share with the good folks. Clayton Kershaw is a loser, clearly. Oh, my. Um, I, election is three weeks from today. Just, that's my final thought. We're, mm. we're getting close. And finally, then, will we have some closure? Can we stop talking about some of this for a while? Is yeah. that, will that happen or not? Mm, unlikely. Uh, my final thought is that while large, the American mountain lion is not always the apex predator in its range. Yielding prey, it is killed to jaguars, depending where it is, American black bears, grizzly bears, American alligators, the Florida panther uh, mainly, and to groups of gray wolves or coyotes. I don't see a mountain lion giving up prey to a coyote, but it is a, it's a cautious creature, as I was saying before. So, I don't know. I, I got coyotes in my neighborhood. I'm not particularly afraid of them. I got a mountain lion stalking it's me. got to be a pack of coyotes, not an individual coyote. You would think, yeah. Fatal attacks on humans are rare, but have been increasing as more people enter cougar territories. Like Chardonnay bars. 
<laughs> Hotel bars, probably. Is oh, a common place. yeah. <laughs> They're traveling. You're traveling. There's a conference in town. That's probably where you're going to be a cougar sighting. In the next time zone, all bets are off. Everybody knows that. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So, oh, stretch. Well, we got we got time to stretch. What? What? Yeah, to expound on that. I have more uh, Cougar facts. Dodgers ace, Clayton, <laughs> Dodgers ace Clayton Kershaw has back spasms. He is out for game two, which is tonight, and they lost game one to the Atlanta Braves. So that's, that's a pretty big a, deal. Oh, Dodgers fans. Come on now. It's been since 1988 or 9. I'm not a Dodgers. I'm not a Dodgers fan, but I'm really rooting for a Dodgers-Astros World Series because that would oh. be an awesome rematch. Yeah. Uh, wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have all sorts of links that we promised you, clips of the show. You can download the podcasts there. It's a, you click on it every day, armstrongandgetty.com. And we will see you tomorrow. And if there are any more highlights out of the, um, the confirmation hearings for ACB, we'll have that for you all. Anyway, see you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. And we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? It was a bonehead idea. Armstrong and Getty.